All right, welcome back to the Black Color Sports Network's coverage of 2021 SWAC Football Media Day. This is uh, part two of our media post uh, media day wrap up here. Second group of media folks uh, who uh, heavily ingrained in covering uh, black college uh, football athletics, their universities. I've got uh, to my right, Charles Edmond, the voice of Alcorn State. Uh, I, to his right, Luke Williams of the Black College Sports page. And in the my left, Mo Williams, WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama. And then Jamie Walker joining us again, uh, Coach Work Productions. And of course, Jamie's been with us here. Uh, all right, so gentlemen, we can get into, and I, I think, Jamie, we, we've kind of talked, but let's go around the horn, kind of, um, let, let's talk top storyline, maybe most impressive uh, interview conversation that you might have had with somebody. I'll start, I'll start here, um, Mo, and then we'll kind of go this way. Well, of course, with me being in Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama and m as a team I primarily cover, and I talked to Coach Maynard earlier in the summer at one of his camps, and he said he was going to have some trash talking amongst some coaches today, and he said he made, made his way around and talked trash to Coach Sanders and to Coach Hill Ely and to a couple other guys or whatever, kind of let them know, like, hey, I want to of cloud nine with the championship it's your job to kind of take me down in an essence uh, so that was one thing i saw but the other thing i thought was great was this is the biggest media day we have seen for the swac mm -hmm. in a number of years it's been since 1999 when alabama a and pine bluff came to the uh, swac when we had an addition to the conference so it was cool to see more numbers and also larger media numbers here today mm -hmm. to get ready for an exciting football season, which we're not going to be able to take one week off at all. Right, right. What about you, Charles? Well, I'm just impressed with the turnout of, of SWAC Football Media Day. I mean, I remember the days of Broadcast Row, which I was all the one. I mean, was <laughs> you can count the number of media members on one hand. And now you had over what the commissioner said, Close to 200 credentials. I thought he said 200 something credentials, yeah. 150 that actually came. That was awesome. And counting. And counting, right. It, right. It, it's only going to go up. So that that's the first takeaway that I got from it. Just all the great uh, venues here, three different rooms, where it's Radio Row, Broadcast Row, the main stage. Um, that, that, was, that was great. And then, obviously, the most profound statement of the day to me came from the commissioner. You got to get vaccinated, or mm -hmm. else games will not be rescheduled. Mm -hmm. We're not going to postpone. Right. Mm -hmm. Teams going to have to forfeit. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an L, a loss in terms of a division game that could cost you perhaps a chance at going to the championship. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, Greg Sankey, the SEC, said it the other day. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like that was coming down the line. The commissioner said it today. Mm -hmm. So, I, again, we got we got to do our part if we're going to see these games get played. So those are the two things for me. Uh, I was impressed with all the coaches. I was impressed with Coach Maynard, what he said, very tempered. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's the hunted, okay? And, but yet, hey, he make a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was very impressed with that. I, I was impressed with the hunger of Fred McNair and the Braves because they want something that was kind of taken away from them a little bit because they didn't play. So I was impressed with, I was impressed with all the coaches. I didn't get the sense there was a lot of trash talking. I think, I think Dr. Ely did a nice job in getting his team kind of, you know, fired up for the upcoming season. I thought it was very professional. Not a lot of trash talking, in my opinion. So I thought it was good banter all the way around. All right. All right. How about you, Luke? Well, regardless of all of those things, what Charles said, very important. But you can't get away from the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room, in my opinion, is still Deion Sanders. <laughs> okay. 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 Now, now uh, I asked all the coaches about that, what effect him coming to the conference has had. 
Is it increased recruiting? I asked the players, were they scared? Now that Dion said, you know, you better get me last year because, you know, he's got some dogs coming in and that kind of stuff. So I got uh, that kind of reaction from folks. And uh, if nothing else, it's fired up everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, who else in the conference, I I asked them, you know, who else in this conference gets hired as a coach and is on uh, uh, Good Morning America on the Today Show? Nobody else. Nobody else in this conference has ever done that. And we've had NFL players and all that kind of stuff, but nobody gets a Michael Strahan interview on uh, the Today Show except Deion Sanders. So I asked everybody about the effect of Deion Sanders on recruiting, uh, what the players thought about it. I asked them, as I said, were they scared because he's got all these Division One transfers. And, you know, he's signing guys every day, every other day. It's another somebody transferring from some big school who was a four-star or whatever. So I thought that was uh, beyond that. Uh, I think the other uh, maybe baby elephant in the room is just the introduction of Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman to the conference, the moving of Alcorn State to the west. You know, uh, uh, Coach McNair didn't think that that meant a whole lot. He said, we played Southern before, we played Grambling before, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. Even though the fact he's got to play eight games on the road this year, nah, no big deal. We played on the road before. So I thought it was, uh, I think that, I think everybody's excited about this season for any number of reasons. All of the ones that are, uh, you know, coming off the pandemic, coming off the spring season, uh, the addition of these new teams, the new, uh, the, the new Jackson State, we'll see how, how true that'll be. But, uh, but um, that's going to be interesting. I'm just looking forward to the competition. I'm curious, do, do you all think, and I, I didn't get a chance to ask this, and I remember talking with you, we kind of joked about if I got five minutes with Coach Prime, what would I ask him? But I'm, I'm curious, do you think there was anything that Coach Prime uh, learned from his first semester um, as a head coach that is going to help him this fall? Jamie, I'll, I'll start with you. This is uh, interesting because I was actually thinking about that on the way um, to media days. And one of those things I think he probably didn't consider which I don't know why he would because knowing the showman that he is, I don't think he, I think he underestimated the swag petty. And what I mean by that is it's competitive in and out. There are prideful coaches in this league. And so when you're coming in and you are, you know, who you are as a collegiate player, NFL player, and so on and so forth, but you have prideful men that have grown their programs and love their programs and want to see well in their programs. And I guess, for lack of a better term, have, you know, resource, not resources per se, but attention has been diverted towards um, him coming into the league because of who he is, then, yeah, there's some pride in this and some, you know, I won't, I won't go as far as say it's envy, but I think he's learned that, hey, he's the, the, the hired gun. He is the one they're gunning for. Um, and you can see that in the player attitudes. You can see that in the play itself that, hey, you put yourself at the top of the mountain, um, in relation to publicity, is in relation to attention, and now there are people that are gunning for you and knocking you off. And when they do, they're gonna celebrate it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exclamation point! Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's not just the coaches either; it's those fan bases as well. It's those fan bases. I mean, you saw what Alabama State did when they um, knocked off Jackson State on mm-hmm. national television. I was there. <laughs> yes, you were there. Yes, yes. So, yes. so you saw that or whatever. And then of course, 
uh, my alma mater, Southern University, when they went to Jackson, I saw all the Facebook posts and everything oh, yeah. about Jaguar, well, the partial Jaguar nation that made their trip up there. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know, couldn't make it. Everybody couldn't go to do the right. COVID and whatnot. But no, there are some prideful people, not only among the coaches, but among the fan bases as well. And I think that's definitely one thing he learned. But also, I think he also learned um, something along the lines of, yeah, the swag is not only good, it's great mm -hmm. on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to the talent, when it comes to the camaraderie, when it comes to the pageantry. And I'm not saying he was probably in awe, but I'm sure he was like, man, I'm a part of something good. Now it's time for me to show out what I need to do and get my guys on the field as well. Mm -hmm. Well, what about you, Charles? Um, I had my first opportunity to speak with him. Okay, so you got you got your five minutes. I got, I got a little more than five minutes. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. Um, I actually called him Coach Deion Sanders, and he kind of was like uh, someone else. Did, prior to talking to me, he didn't call him that, and he was, you know, so hey, I, I appreciate the, the, the reference. Mm -hmm. So that was that was that was one part of it. But I, based on his comments that he made in the spring, and just following everything he has said. He, I got a tempered Deion Sanders today. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very tempered. Not a lot of rah rah. Not a lot. Of, ah, not a lot of that. I think he realizes that the time is here. Mm -hmm. um, you can say what you want about the spring. He had a little bit of success early, beating Edward Waters, beating Grambling for the first time in eight years, beating Valley. But then the big boys showed up: mm -hmm. Alabama State, A&M, mm -hmm. and Southerns. And I think that. To me, what I saw today, what I heard today, was very tempered Dion. I mm -hmm. think he understands, and I think if you look at the schedule mm -hmm. that they have, opening up with Florida A&M, that's a huge game. Yeah. You got Louisiana Monroe, uh, you got Tennessee State, mm -hmm. you got Delta State. So three of those four games are huge. Yeah, rival games that mm -hmm. are gonna that could tip the scales emotionally as well as in the standings. So he knows what time it is, and I think he knows that he's got to make all these transfers work too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have come out the door, a lot of people have come in. How you make it work in such a short period of time? But I thought he was very respectful today, very professional, and uh, I, I kind of like what he heard. We'll see what happens on the field. And let me tell you one thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward, you know, the SWAC has always been in the FCS and what used to be the 1AA. They've always been the attendance leader. Yes. I want to see what kind of bump. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders has given bumps to a lot of people in this conference Absolutely. in terms of coverage, in terms of exposure. I talked earlier about national TV, yeah. that kind of thing. I want to see what kind of crowds come, but you know, because now you got almost another reason to come. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your alma mater, it's not homecoming, it's not a classic game. Now you got a chance to see some your team whoop up on Deion Sanders, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to. I think I, w I would be interested to see. I think it's going to be a bump, and I think it will be great for the SWAC uh, competition-wise, um, just to, to to have more people come because you got a celebrity, not yeah. just in the stands. Now you got him on the sideline. Well, well, somebody and I had a conversation with someone about this last night at dinner. I compared the Deion Sanders effect to the Steve McNair effect. Mm -hmm. when Steve okay. McNair was at all course. Mm -hmm. right? we, we we set records at Sanford Stadium and a number of stadiums mm -hmm. when we, because Steve McNair was the drawing card. Right. So now you see where Jackson's going to Miami, playing at Hard Rock, at, at, uh, at in Memphis, some home games. They're, going, uh, they're playing Valley at Valley. I mean, so it'll be interesting to see if that type of following occurs. But I make that comparison to, mm -hmm. to Steve McNair. I was there. I lived it. I was a part of it. Some people disagree with me on that. Maybe it's because it was a coach versus the player on the field. I don't know. But. No. That, that's the kind of comparison that, that, no. that I would make. It was Steve McMahon. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. 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 It was Steve McMahon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, that's an interesting thought. It'll be interesting to see if a coach 
with his I mean he's not yes he's a coach but then we all we all know he's more than just a coach because of his yeah his his playing play, uh, uh, fame his celebrity status and all of that well, when, was the, when was the last time somebody came to the uh, media day with uh, Lining with swag, <laughs> yeah, swag right. lining. You know, who did that, right? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that at the swag. I've seen that at a few other comps, um, media days. I remember Derek Mason when he was at Vanderbilt. He used to do that every year, but um, no, never seen it at the swag. Never ever seen it at the swag. Custom media. But that, but that's who he is, though. True. And, and I think that's another issue as well is that he doesn't have to get adjusted to us. We, these fans, are struggling to get adjusted to who he is. This is who he's been. It so is we, true. So yeah. we have to accept him for who he is as he walks through the door. And if he wins, that's just that's, that's icing on the cake. But he is going to be who he's going to be. Mm -hmm. And I've made that argument that he had to win. But actually, uh, losing is not going to hurt either. The fact that people beat him, like if uh, FAMU beats him, they ah, we got him. So everybody wants to be in line to get him, especially with all this hype about all these new players he's bringing in. Right. So that's gonna that's just gonna make it even more interesting. Uh, when we get into thinking about the predictions and the predicted order of finish, of course, in the uh, in the East, uh, we had um, help me out here in the East. We had Alabama A and M followed by Florida A and M, and then Jackson State. And then over the West, I believe it was Alcorn, and then Southern. Southern. Uh, who was, who was third? Pine Bluff was third. Second, I can't remember. No, no, no. Um, it, well, I, I know it was Alcorn and Southern. One, two. Uh, I'm just struggling to remember who was three, four. But here we go. Alcorn first, Southern second, Grambling third. Grambling third. Birdview fourth, Arkansas Pine Bluff fifth, and Texas Southern rounds out. So in terms of oh see don't don't put our predicted order up there Iron ours is ours is I mean even though I even though I'll stand by mine I mean I'll stand by what I went with uh, but but let's just talk about what uh, what do we think the the uh, the the voters now hold on let me ask this question and you can be honest are any of you voters of the slack. Uh, I, mean, no, I think it's coaches and SIDs. Okay, so there's all no media has been taken. I remember you said you used to be a voter. It used to be a media poll. It used to be a media poll. All right. Yeah. The coaches decided take it out from the people who cover and watch the games. They didn't want to hear from me. Okay, so what did, let's talk about what they got right, what they got wrong in, in, in your opinion. I'll start over here with you, Lou. What, what do you think they got right? What do you think they got wrong? Well, one thing, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but they're not buying what Dion is selling. Okay. Uh, he was picked third. Mm -hmm. uh, Jackson State probably finished third, if not somewhere in third or fourth uh, mm -hmm. before. Uh, they certainly didn't prove anything this year that they were uh, worthy of being at the top. Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing is that, uh, that they were picked third. Uh, so they're not buying the fact that all of these transfers are coming in and his son is going to play quarterback and he's got these other people. They're not buying that. Um, what's surprising in what, what he just wrote, read is that Pine Bluff was fifth in the, mm -hmm. in, the, in the West after winning the West yeah. and after beating Southern at Southern and beating Grambling at Grambling and, you know, taking A&M down to the wire. I would have thought Pine Bluff. So that's, that's probably the biggest surprise from the, from the uh, preseason projections that I saw. Mm -hmm. How about you, Charles? Well, I think uh, the reason for the Pine Bluff deal, I mean, we all follow it on social media. Pine Bluffs, a lot of folks have left. Coaches, offensive coordinator is at Valley. A lot of players have left, even though Doc Gamble says you still got your starting quarterback coming back. 
So I, I think that's the reason why they probably picked as low as they as but, their pick. But Gamble told me he's got nine starters on offense, nine yeah. starters on defense. Now yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. who he's talking about. The left, are they subs or something? Yeah. No? Well, I, I think just two. Those two. Those two, uh, those two yeah, that that Ballard, aren't. Ballard was one of those two. Yeah. Well, I think as a whole, when when I guess coaches on the periphery of that stuff, they just they don't dig deep into it. They just see, oh, so and so, Brian Fulper transferred, Charles mm-hmm. Evan transferred, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator's gone. So, so the cover's bare. Mm-hmm. So, so you go, drop them from one to whatever you want to drop them to. Mm-hmm. I, I think you go with the defending division champs until you don't. Exactly. And I think that's that, that's where that is. All corner, of course, mm-hmm. we've, we've beaten Southern, what, 11 out of 13. We didn't play in the spring. We've had some success against Grambling. And of course, I'm a little partial, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, so I, 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 get, I, I get that. I don't have any issue with it. I agree with you on the whole Jackson State thing because there's you got so many transfers coming in. Those pieces have to fit. It's going to take time for it to fit. And everyone, Jacksonians, think it's going to happen this year. I'm a little more temperate. I think it's going to take time. But when you have a lot of hype, and this is just my opinion when it comes to the hype machine, it works two ways. Eddie George of Tennessee State came in low, flying underneath the radar. No one's expecting them. They might win at a high level, but you don't think about it because – it wasn't hyped up, but we know what happened at Jackson State. So when you hype it up like that, the honeymoon period goes away. Right. It gets wiped out because you you got to get it done right now because you kind that's what you that's what you're kind of saying. But it didn't happen. So now Jackson fans I've talked to say, hey man, you got to get it done this year. Mm-hmm. There is no honeymoon period. Yeah. And as I talked to Dion, I said, you know, he's been on the post eight seven months. Mm-hmm. He officially started officially started December fifth. His coaches started around the same time. How can you expect anything in seven months? So I'm a little more tempered. I know fans expect a lot more, but that's just that's just the nature of it when you hype it up like that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mom? All right, so, of course, I'll be a little partial due to I cover the defending swag champs. Mm-hmm. The thing I found most interesting, well, first of all, let me say this. The rest of the list, I think, was decent because at the end of the day, it was the coaches and the SIDs who actually voted on this or whatever. So, you know, they know a little bit more than some of us do to a certain extent. The thing I always have a big question mark about, and this is not just in the swag, this is going to be like across NCAA football. For those teams that have not played in a very, very long time, how can you really predict what they're going to do outcome-wise for the upcoming season? And of course, in this situation, you got Alcorn being listed as a favorite in the West. They have not played since the 2019 season. That means they didn't have spring 2020, they didn't have a fall 2020, and then they didn't play in the spring in the swag. And, of course, they had spring football and, and whatever, but, of course, I know that was limited. Same situation with Florida a and They have not played since the Florida Classic in 2019. Didn't have spring football 2020, no fall, and then they had a little spring football practice. So how can you gauge that? Or whatever, especially when you have a team that's basically being picked in the West and a team that's being picked as a runner-up in the East. That's my big question mark on that. Now, also look at it like this. We all saw it during the spring. Look how rusty every SWAC football team looked in their first or first or second game. Mm-hmm. Like, the rust factor literally was there. We're talking about playing almost after almost a year or whatever. So that rust factor is going to be there for these other teams as well. 
and it's probably going to be even further. Coach Maynard talked about this all. Actually, all the coaches talk about this all the time. You can have all the practice speed in the world, but that game speed is completely different. So that's why I kind of have a big question mark on on that, but I kind of also have the, hey, you're just going to have to prove, prove me wrong or whatever um, come, coming up. So I'm interested to see how quickly FAMU will get things going. I'm interested to see how quickly Alcorn's going to get things going. And then from there, we'll be able to gauge it further in the season. Who knows? They may not even get their footing until maybe two, three games into it. It's a big unknown, just in general, from a game speed time. Mm-hmm. You can practice all you want, but the game speed is just completely different. Right, right. Jamie, what, uh, remind us, what was uh, your predictions versus what the SWAC actually came out with uh, in their preseason prediction? Well, first of all, Mo was completely right. I mean, when you're trying to gauge, and I remember looking at the Jackson State Edward Waters game and thinking about the first quarter and saying, yeah, they're supposed to beat this team, but they don't look good necessarily doing it. And so it, it, as, as much as we thought that, sh- that game should have been dominant, dominant by Jackson State, it does take a while to get back in, in game shape. So excellent point. But uh, the Grambling being third, <laughs> in that in that division, um, I just don't see it. Although that is a a a great perennial program, and, and, and I'm not exactly sure they're like Jackson State as far as the unknown because you're bringing in a bunch of different parts as well. What offense are you going to run? What defense are you going to? I mean, you you've had a great defense throughout the, you know for the, at least the last ten years, but. You know, you're having so many switches of personnel, so many coaches, you know, switching positions, you know, posi- you know who's going to be your signal caller, what are you going to do? So for them to be third is, if it, 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 yeah, it, it vary. And, and so Southern, I think, along with, with Pine Bluff, is being disrespected because, again, I think you can go with a cliche that if you have more than one quarterback, you really don't have any. Southern has made it work. Yeah, and yeah. so they improved. They, you know, let's say this, the season extended. I think they would have been the number one squad coming out of that out of that division. So I think they're not getting enough credit for what they can do. And I think that's my dark horse pick to win that win that side. I got one other. Uh, I think a thing that I noted. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Grambling because it's like uh, everybody's almost forgotten about them. Mm-hmm. Winless last year. Uh, Broderick Fobbs didn't allow me to ask any questions about 2020. Really? And okay. I, I, I picked that up. I picked that up when he was talking to a previous so guy. A very right. He said, "Don't even ask me about 2020." He said that in another interview. So I said, "Does that apply to me?" He said, "That applies to everybody." <laughs> okay. So uh, you did. He let you. He let you ask <laughs> me a question. I actually got in one at the end. The other one is that uh, you know I live in North Carolina, so I'm used to seeing Bethune Cookman. Right. Yeah. And for Bethune Cookman to be picked fifth. That's kind of disrespectful to them, because in the in the MIAC, you know, in terms of the hierarchy in the MIAC, you know, the last few years A and T has dominated, but Bethune Cookman has been at that second level. Fam Bethune Cookman, central for a minute, uh, for a couple of years, but for them to be picked fifth is uh, they're coming into the swag being disrespected. That's not. Let me tell you, uh, when Bill Hayes was coaching it. At North Carolina A and T, everybody should think that their biggest rivals were were North Carolina Central or Howard. And Bill Hayes used to say, "No, for me, the biggest rival is Bethune Cookman because when we play them, they beat us up yes. because them Florida guys yes. are athletic. They can run, they can hit, 
So that's a dark horse. I don't, I don't think they are going to win the East, but I think they're going to be a lot closer to the top than the bottom. I agree with you on that. Um, speaking of Bethune-Cookman, they, the last three, well, probably, obviously they didn't play in 2019, but the three previous years, all seven win seasons, but within conference, only two losses. Yeah. And, and, and those two to three years uh, where Coach Sims, I believe this is his fourth or maybe fifth year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for every year, he's only lost like two games in conference. Exactly. And they haven't been FAMU, I'll admit. It has not been FAMU. So it's probably been a and I, I hate to say it, it has not been FAMU. <laughs> all right, all right. Nine. Nine. But we're not. Who's counting? Who's counting? You're right. But they have FAMU. Rated above, right? Time. Exactly, and every time you know they they are rated middle to pack, they surprise, yes. and they've always have an impact on the on the. I mean, look, every year they uh, they they somehow they ruin FAMU's chances of winning the conference. They'll mess up South Carolina State's. Uh, they mess up. Well, they didn't mess up A and T's, but but they pretty much came close. Yes. So yeah, they're they're one of those teams that they will, and because no one knows. What's been going on the past year? It's just been quiet. You haven't heard anything come out of there. But I saw those two young men. Uh, I don't know. You guys saw when you when you just kind of eye up players who come in. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, Felix Harper. He's he's, he's not as tall as I thought he was. I hate to say that. Yeah. You see a cool glass, you say, oh, you know, he's pretty big. But no, when I saw them two brothers from uh, Bethune Cookman, I was like, my goodness, one's a um, uh, Ontario Johnson. And uh, Teron Mallard, my gosh. But that's what, like you said, they they beat you up. So I, I'm telling you, that will be – and there's going to be – I think there's a lot going on at Bethune that I think they will rally around that football. That football program has is more than just about winning. I think that football program is going to be – Lifting spirits right. this year because I know I mean this is no, I, believe, some, I, I, I get what you're saying, man. You know that external stuff really matters, and so there's going to be a lot poured into that team. And like you said, Coach Sims comes in here is like, okay, five. It's a lot going on in Bethune Cookman. Yes, right, exactly. Yes, look, the spirit of Bethune Cookman. Oh yes, his name was Lynn Thompson. Yes, yeah, yes. Y'all not familiar yes. with him oh, yeah. as an athletic director? Yes, across the board for the last thirty years, he was excellent. Yes, and now I'm, I'm sure you all have heard by now the, the big shakeup that nobody's talking about. Nobody's Terry talking Sims, about it. Terry right. Sims wouldn't talk about it. He no, said no. He took pointed me in the chest. I've been given instructions to say to nothing. nothing. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and that's why I said so. So. And then, and then my other, what I tell you, my shirt was going to be for Gremlin. Trust, what, 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 you can't, you help me with it. What? I trust in five. Yeah. I'm telling you because I had Gremlin ranked third, mm-hmm. and people are looking at me like, "Huh, Gremlin?" I'm saying, "Why?" why? And I have them beating. I say it, no, I got them beating Southern in the in the Bayou. I trust in fives. You know. That's a big turnaround. I'm telling you, but, but I, I think I'm gonna trust in the coaching. I'm gonna trust in the coaching, and and you say, okay, you want to see it. Look, yeah, don't put my put my predicted order to finish up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let me say this about Grambling. As, as a Grambling night, and I had a long talk with Bob today, and we did talk about 20, the last, we talked about last season. I mean, that was a, a, a shocker when Jackson State walked in there. The Grambling could very well won the game, pulled the ball to one yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Grambling punches that one in, we might not be talking about an overhaul at Grambling. Right. But it didn't happen. Yeah. The, the Pine Bluff game was definitely uh, disgusting. To, mm-hmm. to, to say the least. And Bob knew then, and he admitted he had to blow it up. Mm-hmm. He had quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, wide receiver coach, uh, director of operations, the whole offensive side, he wiped wow. it out. Rebuilt it. And I've been on, I was on a Zoom call a few months ago with other Gremlinites. They're saying it's time for Bob's to go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
quickly we forget. When Bob walked in the door, you had the protest, you had the muscle milk incident. Mm -hmm. The only team to win celebration bowls. He tears it down. Give him a chance to build it back up again. That good, exactly. Some people feel like it's t it's time, but of course, when you lose two Bayou Classics and you lose forty nine to seven or whatever, you have it is, a winless season. You have a winless season. Of course, people are going to watch out the door. Mm -hmm. But financially, contractually, it's one thing. But give Bob a chance to fix it. I think he will. Third, I, I can go along with that. With all the pieces, you don't know who your quarterback's going to be. You mm -hmm. got a kid Botton, the number one quarterback in the city of New York. That's kind of my guy to be the quarterback. I don't know, but Bob mentioned another name that could that's stepping up. Give him a chance to, to yeah. build it up. Now, it's not going to be easy no. No. with all corn going in there. No, it's not going to be easy, but give him a chance to fix it. I think he will. Mm -hmm. uh, let, let's sort of bring a bow on this, and let's think about – uh, this is a this is a great schedule. I mean, there are a couple of weeks in there. We talked about Jamie Wright, where there's no buys. Right. I mean, it's just six whack games, uh, which will be, I mean, tune in TV. I'm sure uh, wherever they'll be broadcast. Let's kind of let's think about games of the year. If you can, you know, one or two games that you're looking forward to uh, seeing this year, whether they be interconference or maybe even a SWAC team versus somebody out of conference. I'll start over with you, Mo. All right. For me, I, um, I'll give you a few. So, of course, everybody's talking about the whole Orange Blossom Classic with Jackson State and Florida A&M, but they're talking about the hype of it. I want people to understand this is still a SWAC game, and no matter what happens, the loser in this game is already one game in the hole. And in a very competitive SWAC East that also has your reigning SWAC champion, one loss is definitely going to be something that could be detrimental as the, as the season, you know, moves forward. So, of course, a lot of people are going to be talking about that. I'm also interested to see the other opening weekend game, that Grambling State versus Tennessee State game. Mm -hmm. How will Grambling State respond after the spring that they had? You talked about five blowing everything up and rebuilding. I'm interested to see how they're going to respond against a Tennessee State team that just hired Eddie George. And Eddie George has kind of been doing things very, very, very smoothly, but softly as well. So you don't know what they expect from uh, them. So I'll be interested to see how that game plays out on the NFL Network that week. Some other games I'll also be interested in. I'm going to be very, very interested in the weeks of October 9th and 16th, and that's when Alabama A&M hosts Jackson State for their homecoming game, and then the following week when they host Florida A&M for, in my opinion, I think between those two games right there, it probably could help decide the East Division. That's halfway through. And that's you're right. That's halfway through. That is halfway through. But, of course, Still in all, every game is going to matter in that. And another uh, and another set of games also I'll be looking forward to is the back-to-back -back weeks that my alma mater Southern will host Jackson State and they'll host Florida A&M down in Baton Rouge. As a matter of fact, they also have like Prairie View in the fold where so there should be no reason why money should not be made in North Baton Rouge. During you know what's funny with you guys, eh? You went to Southern, you were reporting on Alabama A&M, you went to Grambling, you were reporting on Auckland State, you went to Florida A&M, mm -hmm. and you go on everybody. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very, very much but so. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you pick a game. Correct. I know right. this year. You just heard me give like yeah, five. It's, it's, too many, it's too many. Every every game, I mean, you know, fam and Bethune is going to be great at the end of the year, and as you, it always well, is. Let me ask you, you guys who have been covering, you've been in this for several years. I mean, there's a... Have have previous years not felt like that? I mean, if, if, if you looked in, when you think back to previous years, you were like, eh, that's going to be a win. You can almost win, 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 win. No, win. no, this is different, man. This okay. is very different. This okay. is different. I mean, this there is more parity across the board in yeah. the SWAC this upcoming year, and I really, really think that 
each and every week, it's going to be a dogfight, no matter if you were picked to finish first or you were picked to finish last. People are going to give each other a dogfight each and every week on that. Well, 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 think about it. The last few years, prior to the spring, it was Alcorn, it was Southern, it was Grand. Yep. Now you got uh, now you got Pine Bluff, uh, mm-hmm. now you got Alabama A&M, mm-hmm. It kind of went from what maybe a three-team power struggle to now it, it opens up where you can say there's a six, seven-team power. We can realistically see realistically, six or yeah, seven absolutely. teams being you can run six or seven different teams in that championship game. Agreed, agreed. And the thing I love about that though is the fact that that will bring uh, the FCS marks and ranks for the SWAC Hopefully. higher than what yes. they've been in previous sure. years. Of course, we know that it kind of had been top-heavy for those last couple of years that you talk about, but now you have more parity through it or whatever, so that should help the rankings. And considering the fact that, yeah, we know Celebration Bowl is the ultimate thing, but if we can get a team into the FCS playoffs from an at-large standpoint, having that parity will help it tremendously because you know you have great teams playing in and out, and you'll get some sort of respect from the NCAA from that committee. Of course, I know there's a whole other discussion we could talk about on that, but I think that's kind of the main point of it. You have to have competitive teams from top to bottom, and I think this is probably the most competitive standpoint we've seen in the SWAC in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, any, I, you already talked about. Yeah, I said earlier. Mind. Okay. Yeah, Magic uh, City. Magic City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any any game? I know it's hard to narrow down to one or two, but any spotlight games you're thinking about outside of the first one, which you have you have beat me over the head with, Brian. This is an important game. I know, and I'm game, not Brian. sleeping on it anymore. <laughs> the Orange Blossom Classic. I know, important, you important, important. A division game and a classic. I'm no division a division game in a classic. You, you, tra- you, right. trained me to, you, you have trained me to look at it that way, and that's how I'm looking at it. A division game in a classic. Yes. Absolutely. Well, well, the one game I'm looking at just being an Alcorn guy, that Alcorn Southern game. Mm-hmm. Uh, going yep. down on that bump, yep. and on that thing is, I mean, Coach Rollins, why was team ready now? He, he don't believe that. He <laughs> <laughs> ain't believe that. How many, how many, how many do you beat the Southern? How many times? 11 out of 30. Uh, and how many straight? Like eight straight or something? Uh, yes. Something like yeah, that? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> hey, you're an all-coin guy. Of course, you've been feasting off the Southern for the last eight years. It's a, it's a different machine. No, okay. no, no means, Which means y'all going to probably eat more. That's what that means. Yeah. You know, y'all going to feast on the Southern as you've been doing. Uh, but I, can, I swear I cannot think of one game. There's just so many. And, you know, this is well known, that the classic games, the biggest attended games, have always been in the SWAT. Mm-hmm. Now you're bringing in... Bethune Cookman and Florida A&M, mm-hmm. who were the only uh, uh, outside the SWAC that were in the, like the top ten mm-hmm. in terms of those games, and bringing them in not just for their game against each other, but against everybody else in the conference, mm-hmm. just enhances that whole thing. So I can't decide on one. Right. I mean, I can't really, I can't think of a single game that 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 has captures my attention. I'm just, I'm just excited because I think this is what. What most people have said that this is now a super conference. Mm. It became it was a good conference and a great conference. It's now become a super conference with Fam and like Bethune coming in. Super conference. All right, so let me go this route then. So that was kind of tough. Bold prediction. Give me a bold prediction, Luke, for this upcoming year. Bold prediction. You mean for the celebration? All uh, oh, the swag, the swag right. involving swag teams. Give me a bold prediction. You mean East versus West? East West. You however you want to do. How do you want to pit it? Oh, Give you me mean a bold. In bold? I thought you meant bold. no. I'm B-O-W-N. sorry. Bold. B O. Okay. Yes, I see what you did there. Okay. B O. O L D bold prediction. 
Hmm. That's 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 a bold prediction. Okay, I'll give you this prediction. No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Not that bold, if fam, huh? If fam, you had their quarterback back, I might tell you that that would be the surprise. But they got to break in a new kid that hadn't played since 2019. I'm not, I'm not feeling that. Bold prediction. How about that uh, Alcorn State is still going to come out on top? Okay. Okay. There are a lot of people who don't think that. So that's, that's fair. That's fair. How about you, Charles? Bold prediction. I love this. Talking with Dr. Ely today. Alabama State. That front seven. They gave Jackson State fits. They're back. Good quarterback play. I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction that Alabama State's going to shock more people than people think. Maybe if they catch, if A&M catches them wrong, maybe win the Magic City. Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, bold prediction. Ooh, wee. <laughs> he said that Alabama State's going to get Alabama A&M, which means that Dr. Hill Ely will get his first win over Coach Maynard. Mm. Very, very interesting. Okay, so bold prediction. I will go with, and this is very, very, very crazy for me to actually say this. I will predict that Grambling will be in the top two of the West. Mm. And I say that because there is a whole lot of unknowns which means that you're going to get almost midway through the season before you really, before people like really, really can scout Grambling the way they want to. So I think the way the schedule is set up, I think they can be in the top two. Now who's going to be that other team? You know, we got to toss that one in. But I really do think that Coach Fives can kind of right the ship or whatever, especially since he's got the support of his president and, you know, and, and, and President Rick Gallo. And, of course, and then there's some GSU folks who still believe in Fives as well. So I really think that Coach Fives can right the ship and basically get his team in a competitive standpoint to be competing for the West Division title. All right, Jamie, bold prediction. Bold prediction time. That is pretty bold. Especially if you know where I've come from. Yes. Well, you'll like this then. Southern would be the representative of the SWAC and the Celebration Bowl. Mm, wow, that's bold. Uh, that's, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, okay. Uh, he'll, he'll tell you that's Aggie blue. That's that, that's, no, it's too, it's too soft to be Aggie blue. Uh, not dark enough to be Aggie blue. Uh, okay, so my bold prediction, the three major classics, right? Uh, uh, you know, annual classics. You, you've got now in the swag, what, the Magic City, uh, the Bayou, and the Florida Classic now. Okay, and... Uh, I think of recent date they've been dominated, right, by A and M, Bethune, and and Southern, Southern, right? I'm saying bold prediction this year gets flipped. All three teams that have been beaten, Grambling, FAMU, and State, all win. All win this year. Oh, I I'm telling you, I'm I'm going. I'm going I'm I'm going bold. I'm going bold. That is really really see part of my part of my predicted order fit. Go ahead and put up the iron. I'm not I'm not ashamed of that. Part of that is based on what I said. Grambling in the bayou. I'm going with Alabama State. I think that you know, Alabama State winning it this year. 
in the in the Magic City, and then uh, FAMU, it's a new decade, so it's time for FAMU to get back on the winning track. Brian did have set us up for this. He already had it. He already had it. Of course. I'm, I'm trying, to be, trying to be a good host here. All right. You know what? I have a question for the host then. Since yes. you said that the Florida Classic winner, the Magic City Classic winner, and the Bayou Classic winner will all be flipped, out of those three games, which ones determine um, division champs? Because all three games have basically determined division and conference champ for the last couple um, of years. It, it will be the it will be the, 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 so well, it's tough. To it's tough. Alabama well, to yeah, but what I'm saying, what I think will happen is FAMU's win. Well, because Alabama and AM, Alabama and M loses the state, that ends up hurting them in their race with FAMU, and because FAMU beats Bethune, that's what pushes FAMU into the SWAC championship game. Okay. Okay. It's, called, it's called bold prediction. I'm, you know, bold prediction. I'm trying to be bold. Yeah, yeah, trying to be bold. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for our live continuous coverage since about 9.30 this morning. We've, we've had Dr. Gervils inside the HBCU game day. We've had uh, Bishop and Neely with the pregame show. Dr. I thought I said Dr. Cavill's. Yeah, you, you, you kind of mixed two together. Really? Okay. Dr. Cavill's. It's been a long day. Dr. Cavill's. Look, I, you know what? Because I'm looking at the thing there. Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. There you go. Thank you. My apologies. The pregame show. Uh, the Sports Wrap. Uh, Carlos Brown's been here. Um, Jamie Walker's been here. Um, uh, Look, all uh, Jay and Tiffany. Jay, yeah, Jay and Tiffany. We had Jay and Tiffany on. I mean, all of the coaches, all of the players. Thanks to you guys. Uh, thanks to our last set of media who come in and uh, and joined us, and a lot more coverage to come. Uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed this coverage, and uh, now go consume, go consume the the, the articles. Look for these uh, these great journalists who are covering HBCU, not just football, but sports. Uh, and make sure to share. That's the biggest thing. Everything we do, we need you to share. So whether you go to the Black Collar Sports page or you, you're on the podcast and listening to Charles at Alcorn, when you see Mo and you tweet out Mo and WZDX, and when you see Jamie, um, you know, uh, make sure to retweet, share, let some people know. We are covering black college athletics. We're doing it because it has to be done and nobody else is going to do it for us. So we have to tell our own stories. And so, uh, gentlemen, thank you for your time, and we, we hope you've enjoyed. Uh, thank you to Iron, who's been producing in the background, Roy Evans as well of Jericho Broadcast Networks. And so for Dr. Cavill, uh, Mike, Charles, Neely, and, and all of you guys, Jamie, BJ, um, thank you for watching. I'm Brian Fulford. You guys be safe. God bless.